ghosts are real. This much I know. There are things that tie them to a place very much like they do us. Some remain tethered to a patch of land, a time and date, the spilling of blood, a terrible crime. But there are others, others that hold on to an emotion, a drive, loss, revenge, or love. Those, they never go away. Welcome to the Haven't Seen It podcast. This is the podcast where we bring people on the show and we get them really drunk and they tell me about a movie that I've never seen before. I'm Alanka Zach. And I'm um, Will. I am also here. Hell yeah. Boys and girls, welcome to the show. Welcome also to our guest. Hello. <laughs> yes, you heard him. You heard his voice. That is Danny Morrison, aka the host of the YouTube channel Mutant Museum. Or what is it? Uh, Danny Morrison's Mutant Museum? Mr. Morrison's Mutant <gasps> Museum is like the full formal title, but damn it, will just look for Mutant Museum on YouTube, all lowercase. You'll find it. All right, we'll Love shout it. out. We'll shout that out at the end of the yeah, episode I'll as tell, well. <laughs> I'll tell curious listeners a little bit more about the museum. Yeah, <laughs> somebody should get it right. Am I right? God, I can't believe Will just fumbled that I, so I hard. Got it right. I said I've, I've never made any mistakes on the show ever. No. Um, I'm captivated because I mentioned this a little earlier, you guys. Today is a movie that um I've been told is not scary, but it's kind of scary. Okay, so it's scary. So anything with like a bit of a scare factor in it to me is scary. But guess okay. freaking what, you guys? I haven't seen the movie. Guess who else hasn't seen the freaking movie? I haven't. I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Danny hasn't seen the movie. So, oh, whoopsie. We'll just guess. <laughs> We're making really good guesstimations based off the trailers. That's all. <laughs> no, you guys, Will hasn't seen the movie. I have not. I've not seen this movie. Uh, I won't say that I, I, I got to mm. a point where I got really busy and I was like, I have never seen this movie. Maybe I should just leave it and not watch it. And I think this is a good idea. I, I haven't seen this movie. I'm very curious about it. I do also like Guillermo del Toro as well. Uh, I don't know why I never saw this movie. I think probably it just kind of came out in a weird time and I just didn't didn't really notice it. What? I think of I saw this did. one. I think I saw it twice in theaters, actually. Because yeah. I, I love Twice. Guillermo del Toro. Um, I am unreasonably proud of the fact that I have the same same birthday as him. Amazing. That's so amazing. I, sometimes I feel like like he's making movies just for me and that I am his target audience exactly. <laughs> which is nonsense, of course. But well, is it is it it's not. Can we say his name really slowly so that those of us Guillermo at home Guillermo not- del Toro. He is from I know. Mexico. No, I know. I just wanted to make call, sure call everybody him, else call him Will. That's that's it's the same name. Will <laughs> yeah. is it actually? I, that one, Guillermo William. Is that, it that, Guillermo? That won't get confusing at all. Will <laughs> hasn't seen the movie, but Will directed it or made yes. it or uh, something. <laughs> he did something. Uh, well, yeah, let's not talk about how bad Willy, I am. Willie Del Toro. Willie of the Bull. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm actually a little surprised that Will you. Um, think that you may have not noticed this when it came out because I 
of all people saw the trailer and was like, I want to see it. Because it looked, again, spoopy and it had Loki guy in it and it had Mia Stoker lady in it. And it looked just terrifying. Um, so, like, I'm a little confused, but I'm also curious because you made the drink. So I'm wondering how you even, you know, well, how did it come uh, to be with was, no knowledge? I was inspired by red, uh, <laughs> red tones uh, and whatever was left over from previous episodes. Um, but uh, what Alenka doesn't know is uh, I may have chose the ingredients, but uh, our guest today, Mr. Morrison, has actually named this drink. Yes, oh. it's it's called red clay. Red clay. Red okay. clay. I'm told that is a reference to the movie. Yeah, Red it'll, it'll, clay. It's very I important to the movie. Uh, and if you want to make this at home, uh, it has whiskey, grenadine, whiskey. and uh, a dark red juice of whatever you want. I've chosen dark <laughs> cherry juice. I believe Danny has a cranberry juice. Cranberry cherry. Cranberry cherry. Get it right. And Alenka, what kind of juice did you choose for I your drink? I went with dark cherry too because I thought something with the cherries might be appropriate. I also put in the some company makes some whiskeyed cherries, so I got one of those in there too because I thought it was huh. the cherry with the theme. Then you um, are the official drink. Then <laughs> I am. Well, that sounds like the best the episode. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay, sick. Um, now, if there's some way we could drink it out of like a brick well-shaped cup, that would really add. Ooh. I, don't know. I guess okay. I'll Photoshop that. So, <laughs> yeah, okay. um, do that. I would love to guess a little bit about this movie. Maybe Will yes. and I can riff off each other for this because, because <laughs> okay, let me think for a hot second. So I from, think from just the trailers, what do you think this movie just is? From the, oh, just from the trailers? Because I kind of want to piece in the little titty bits that you've been saying. Okay, the trailers so, and and hints you've gathered elsewhere, including from okay, me. Okay, because I already I already kind of forget what has been said. To be quite honest, <laughs> from the trailer. Okay, so it's red. So I was like, okay, blood. This is gonna be like you know, gonna have some blood going on in I'm this. Pretty movie. sure there's a haunted house. Yeah, like sure. some sort of scandal. Haunted, I think. Oh, definitely some sort of supernatural element. Mm-hmm. Mia is the wife. She gets married. To this Mia guy. Vasikowska? Yeah, say your name just a little slower, though, so that everybody... <laughs> I could be saying wrong. I think it's Vasikowska? Kowska? Oh, thank I mean, goodness. It's a Not Polish just... name, but she's Australian, so I don't know how Is she it? says it. God. Vasikowska? Oh, I, I thought it was a I W. I work on a I Polish was... radio show, but I know nothing about Polish, so... <laughs> Oh my god. I know Whatever. that you pronounce W's like their V's and that's it. Okay, I'm going with it. My dad's Eastern European and he says vodka as vodka, so maybe they switch the W's mm, and the V's. The so I'd believe Yeah, that. like in like in Star Trek with the nuclear vessels. Yeah, I don't I don't mm. watch stuff, so <laughs> guys you can't make references to Alenka or else she okay. will not get him. I'm sorry. Oh no! I'm sorry. All I have to do is make references. I'll catch some of them. I'll catch a few. A few. Um, but yeah, I feel like she gets tricked into marrying this guy that owns this big old house, and he's like, "Come live in my house forever." And then we said something about red clay, pink, and Loki's the guy. 
I don't, I don't know if he's a guy. good guy or a bad guy. I think he's, he's a guy. Bad. He's a bad boy, yeah. I think. He's a bad boy, which is what enticed Mia. She's like, oh, and then uh, maybe there's a curse, you know, some old lady in the house. Maybe it's his mom. And she's like, you need to find a good woman. And that woman <laughs> has got to dig in the ground. It's, I think this is just turning way. into a period rom-com now. <laughs> or possibly and psycho. Ultimately, ultimately, it turns into... Tom Hiddleston just wants his mom to approve of his new wife. And in the end, she does. And that would she be can so fly much away. sweeter <laughs> than what we got. Also, so. I assume because it's Squirmel del Toro that there is freaky dinky monsters and yeah, makeup yeah. and crazy prosthetics and all that. And also, Doug Jones is probably in this movie. Doug Who Jones that? is in this movie. <laughs> so I didn't even actually Dougie. know that. For those who don't know Doug Jones, Doug Jones is in most of Guillermo del Toro's movies. He is a tall, skinny man. Oh, yeah, I know is, he is. Yeah, he's, he's great <laughs> at, uh, at playing monsters and stuff and working under heavy prosthetics. So he was, the, he was the, the sexy creature from the Black Lagoon in Shape of Water. He was the pale man and the fawn in Pan's Labyrinth. He was um, the sexy creature from the Black Lagoon in the Hellboy movies. There's a motif here. <laughs> he is and he's super also been on like Buffy Vampire Slayer and yeah. he, he was, is he this was generation's Borlis Karloff, right? Oh yeah. yes. That I think that is a spot on comparison. All right. So let me grab my two extensive notes here. <laughs> well we always like to start off by uh me asking you, the guest. <laughs> it has to be Will. How it always has to be me. <laughs> how does this movie start? This movie starts with the Universal Pictures logo, except <laughs> everything is tinted red. It is a spooky, oh, no bloody way. dark red. See, I knew it was red. And Gross. you can hear a scary child singing. No. Nope. Scary children's voices. And then we fade to white, and we see Mia Wasikowska standing in the snow, and she's wearing this giant, frilly, white dressing gown, and she's got a lot of blood on her. And no. there's blood in the snow, and no. there's a big cut on her face. No. And she says in voiceover, ghosts are real. This much I know. I hate Ooh, I this I movie that already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That was in the trailer, I think. Fuck, I and want then, to see it because I'm scared. Nah. And then we fade back to, like, many years earlier, and she's, like, nine years old, and it's her mother's funeral. And she's narrating in voiceover, telling us about oh, how her, her mother... Her mother died of the black cholera. Which is? I don't know. The cholera. It's bad. It's a disease. <laughs> Very it's like what in the place 1880s. does this take? Yeah, it's like this is COVID-19 in the 1880s, basically. Or? Most, of the movie is, <laughs> most of the movie is set in 1901. So I would guess this okay. flashback is sometime in the 80s. 1880s. The 1880s. Yeah. 1880s. <laughs> Great. So there was like a different Victorian kind of the cure back and, then. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> the cure for cholera, which mom didn't get. <laughs> so, Ooh. and apparently cholera, like, completely... Am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Fuck yes. no. <laughs> cholera completely fucks you up. So she's, she's saying in the narration, like, father insisted on a closed casket funeral, and I didn't get to say goodbye. And we can see the, the, the casket is being carried up to this giant awesome gothic as fuck headstone and everyone's got their black umbrellas because it's always raining in movie funerals 
<laughs> Why can't it, it just is. be bright and sunny, you know? And you then gotta set the mood we, properly. Yeah, you do because because it's got to rain because rains are like tears, and it's it's actually Symbolic. side side note. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't dark and rainy. Uh, at a funeral in Grey's Anatomy. I'm bringing up Grey's Anatomy Stop. every chance I get on this Stop. podcast because okay. it's all I'm watching right <laughs> okay. now. Uh, but in, uh, uh, there was a funeral the- for a very major character in that show, and it was not rainy. It was pretty sunny, out, as well, I recall. In Twin Peaks, there's a funeral episode, and it's sunny. Right? Twin Peaks. <laughs> um, I'm like not going to watch show. the show uh, to either of the things you said, just so you guys know. <laughs> but Will, mostly, uh, tell me what major character dies. I just want to spoil oh. it for whoever's listening. Okay, well, spoiler alert. Nah. If you haven't watched up to season, I think it's six oh. of Grey's Anatomy, uh, the most beloved uh, intern slash resident dies, and that is George. Eh, I could care less. See, I'm picturing Continue George Costanza because I've just been watching <laughs> a lot of Seinfeld lately. That would actually make that. It would be. This was supposed to be the Grey's summer Anatomy. of George. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they finally killed independent George. Now I care. And here's right, a, back to a, the movie. <laughs> Twin Peaks spoiler. Laura Palmer dies. Okay, so back to the movie. <laughs> After the funeral. Um, so then uh, you, there's something that old movies do to transition between scenes. You don't see it much anymore. But where it, um, it's almost like a star wipe, except it's like the whole screen turns black, except a little circle around the face of the sad character. Oh. And then it like zooms back out from there. And it's moments, Mm. it's later. Uh, So Mm. she's lying in her bed at night Mm. and she can't sleep. And everything has this like weird red and green lighting scheme. And it looks like one of those Italian horror movies from the seventies for a second. And then she oh, looks no. down the hallway. Or a laser tag uh, facility. Sure. Or like Fred Krueger's <laughs> about to show up. Oh, um, true. And she looks down the hallway in, from her bed, and you can just see this shadow creeping across the wall. She's and normal age now, or is this still No, flashback? she's still a kid. She's still a kid. Okay, right. okay. And this is after the funeral, basically. After the night of the funeral. That night. Okay. It's, it's her mom's ghost walking down the hallway no. into her bedroom. No, and no. So, like, we're two minutes into the movie. Here's our first ghost, ghost. which the, I think I think her mom is Doug Jones. I'm not a hundred percent sure. <laughs> Doug Jones plays the dead mom. I, I thought think it was Doug Jones be a is lady. So, is this a dead, sexy mom played by no, Doug Jones? No, okay. No. <laughs> what does uh, she look well, like? Um, ravaged by cholera. Her oh, skull right. face. Um, she's like made of shadows everything is like just pitch black and she's got like this big funeral veil and she like Ooh. creeps up down the hallway and what? and comes to her daughter's bedside and just says when the time comes beware of crimson peak yo I don't like that shit man you put goosebumps <laughs> on my back and I'm already against the wall and I feel like I need to be closer to the goddamn wall yeah, God you better be careful. It. Your house is leaking, Alenka. It's also yeah. very old, and I'm convinced potentially there is a fucking ah! continue. Because we're gonna oh get to God. some creepy old house and is later. That, now, no. do you think if that's Doug Jones, is that Doug Jones's voice? Um, it's definitely I'm not sweating. his voice, and I believe okay. it's in his contract that he's not allowed to have his voice dubbed over anymore. So it might not be Ooh. him. Because I know that some of the ghosts are him, and some of them are played by another actor named Javier Ooh. Botet. 
whose name okay. I could be mispronouncing, and he is... Can you say it slower so that people are... <laughs> uh, Javier is his first name, but his last name is spelled B-O-T-E-T. I don't Got know it. how you say that. He's from Spain, and he's he's also a big, tall guy who does a lot of monster work and prosthetics. Um, he was in the movie Wreck. He played already. a zombie. So, um, I'm sweating. I'm serious. All right, and then the little girl gets up. By the way, her name is Edith. I should I should specify this. The girl's Edith. name, Edith. That's the name the of our character's name. I don't like right. Cushing, and <laughs> she. The ghost is gone, but she looks down the hallway where the ghost came from, and it's now full of big black moths. Big <laughs> moths. I don't like moths. That's fair. <laughs> I don't like moths. Are the moths played by Doug Jones? Probably. No, I think they're CGI. <laughs> or maybe real moths. I don't know. All right. All right so he motion captured no that way. shit. I know it. Okay. <laughs> no, that's Andy Circus. Doug ah, Jones don't motion okay. capture. <laughs> All right. So then we get, we see, this is like the title of the movie comes up, but it's on, on the cover of a book. We see this big book that says Crimson Peak on it. And the text tells us like 14 years later. And we're in Buffalo, New York. Edith has grown up and is now Mia Vasekowska. Wait, have we been in the States the whole time? Yeah, yeah. We've been okay, in this is in the States. Everyone's got oh, okay. American accents so far. All right. And oh. so Edith is going into like this old-timey turn-of-the-century office building, and she's got this big stack of paper. And she runs into her friend Alan McMichael in this building. Alan is Charlie Hunnam. If you know who he is, Ooh, yes, Sons of Anarchy, From, Pacific Rim, uh, Sons of Anarchy, yeah, Googling. Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> he was in a terrible King. Ar- well, I don't know if it's terrible. I didn't see it, but he was in a King Arthur movie a couple of years ago that was supposed to be not that great. Um, I forget what you said his boy. name was, so I won't be looking Charlie for him Hunnam. Anymore. All right, okay, he's, he's a up. handsome British man who's doing a not very good American accent in this movie. Aww, that's Hello. the thing. I hate that. <laughs> there are not many actors in this movie who are using their real accents. Um, so she runs into Alan McMichael, her friend, who is an ophthalmologist, which is an eye doctor. And he's Isn't he's in this an optometrist. Uh, that's also an eye doctor. I don't right. know the distinction because I'm <laughs> neither of those things. It's oh, it's an it's a 19th century eye doctor. Maybe. Yeah, they dropped the ophthalmologist. Uh, it's it's the 20th century now because it's 1901. Sorry. Wait, oh, I, I always thought the 19th century was the 1900. <laughs> so does that mean we were all born in the 19th century? <laughs> yeah, that's I. I actually never thought about it like that. Oh, I'm dumb. Okay, that's let's okay. keep going. It's, it's a 1900s eye doctor. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> all right. So she runs into her friend, the eye doctor Charlie Hunnam, who, like, we know from the first second of their introduction, he's got a big old crush on her. Aww. And he's in this building because he's setting up his his office here. This is going to be where he does his his ophthalmology practice. <laughs> and she's here because she's visiting a publisher with with a manuscript of a book she's written, or at least is writing. Ooh, that's exciting! She's a novelist. <laughs> Do they make any references to the fact that, like, other than Mary Shelley, women don't write? Then funny you should ask um moments later they bump into <laughs> alan's Mary mother Shelley. and sisters <laughs> they bump into alan's mother and sisters who who say like oh edith's too good to ever get married 
She wants to be just like our very own Jane Austen and die a spinster, but at least she'll have her books. And she says, well, actually, I'd rather be more like Mary Ooh. Shelley because she died a widow. Oh, I knew the reference was going to happen. Yeah. Really? <laughs> Why would she want to die a widow? Because she does want to get married or because she say. wants to get married and kill her husband. Right? It is. She kills, the digger, she kills but... somebody. She kills somebody. She kills someone. <laughs> and I'm calling um, it now. We'll see. So Alan's mom and sisters are all gush- gushing over a British baronet who is in town mm. and that apparently mm. they think might be interested in one of the sisters whose name is Eunice. A very unfortunate name. He's not Bar- into her. <laughs> Wait. Bar- a baronet? A baronet. They, they in fact ask, what is a baronet? I'm not sure. And Edith says, oh, it's a parasite. Uh, a baronet okay. is a fairly low position in the British aristocracy. Um, they usually own a so bit of land. So it's not just baron. It's not the same as a baron. Um, okay. Lower than and it's baron. not a baroness. Okay. No. Lower a baroness is married to a baron. A baronet yeah. uh, does not have a lordship. He's not in the House of Lords, but he does have some land and gets to call himself Sir. Oh, um, it's a big hairy animal caught in a net, right? Yeah, sure. I could what? I could nerd out and go into the history of, of the baronetcies, but it, no, it's not relevant here. We're talking about Crimson Peak. <laughs> we're talking about Crimson Peak. So uh, yeah, she she thinks she says like ah oh, baronets are it's it's a kind of parasite that leeches off of other people's hard work. That's funny. And then I like oh, her. She goes yeah, up, down with capitalism. Uh, well, down with feudalism. You wouldn't be able to survive without capitalism. Well, she kind of is capitalism because she's middle class, and her dad is like this big construction magnate, and the British aristocracy is feudalism. It's the past, man. Sickening. And she goes up and meets her publisher, who, um, first of all, has everyone seen the the, uh, the Robin Williams Jumanji? I have, oh, and yeah. I forget. <laughs> you remember Robin Williams had, like, the shitty dad who's like, you're going to Cliffside Academy, son. Oh, is it that dude? It's that dude. He's the publisher. Oh, my no God. Way. He's always and the British dude. He was also in Anaconda. He got eaten. I haven't seen um, that. All right. <laughs> wow. well, it's okay. Uh, so he's he's a publisher, and he's flipping through her book, and he's like, oh, you've written a ghost story. And she says, it's not a ghost story. It's a story with a ghost in it. The ghost Ooh, is a like, metaphor. Hey. Like and ghost the, dad. Yeah, you can... Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know these references, Will. Fuck. Not ghost uh, dad. Oh, you should do an episode on that. That's just um, a movie with a ghost in it, you know? I guess um, it's it's a story with a ghost in it. The ghost is a metaphor. It represents the past. And this is Guillermo del Toro, like leaning out of the screen saying like, this is how you should read my movie. And <laughs> basically, like everything after this point, this is the lens you should view it. under. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Okay. it's not a ghost story. It's a story with a ghost. in okay, it. OK, Willie. And and then we just cut to like afterwards, after this um, interview with the publisher. So that's all we get of Robin Williams' shitty dad. Um, <laughs> and she's talking to her dad. Uh, and she says like, oh, he, he, he insisted I ruin my, my story with a love story. He said I should put a love story in it. I bet they never asked the guy writers to put in love stories. And her dad, who is this like, as I mentioned, he's a construction magnate. Um, he says, like, well, I'm a builder, dear, and I believe you need the right tools. 
And so I got you a oh, present. It was supposed to be a celebratory present, but here it is anyway. And it's <laughs> it's like this fancy gold pen that he bought her. Cute. I'm loving voices. It's great. Me too. Me too. You're doing very well. Her her dad. Please don't do any more ghost voices, though. Oh, okay. Please do. They don't talk a whole lot. Her dad is played by an actor named Jim Beaver, who fans of Supernatural will recognize as playing a character named Bobby. I don't watch the show, but me neither. I I maybe watched one or two episodes. Okay, he's this delightful, grouchy middle-aged man, and and I love him. Aren't they all? And she says to her dad, like, this pen's really nice and thank you, but I think I want to write my, I want to write on a typewriter because publishers see my handwriting and they know right away I'm a lady. So they pigeonhole me. And her dad's like, yeah, I guess, I guess that's a good point. And then we see her, um, she's in her dad's office at work and I guess she's a receptionist there. And she's got like her typewriter all set up and she's like transcribing her manuscript and trying to have it all typed up. And then who should billow into the room but Tom motherfucking Hiddleston? All right. Loki. And he says, like, I'm here, I'm here to meet Mr. Cushing. And she's that's her dad. When she, yeah, that's her no, dad. That's her boss. Oh, that's her dad. Oh, her dad. oh she's a receptionist at her dad's construction company. Yeah, yes. and his name, her dad's I name is not. Carter Cushing. <laughs> okay. Um, and when she realizes that this is the British baronet everyone's been talking about, she's very like snippy and sarcastic with him, and uh, and so you know right away they're going to get together. This is the guy. This what fucking about- guy. Okay. Mm. And then he starts like rifling through her manuscript and he says like i say what is this that you're transcribing and she who wrote this and she says uh, i did and she's and he says like oh and it's quite good isn't it and then she starts to warm up to him a little bit <laughs> i don't know i haven't read it and she says well i'm having a hard time getting published because nobody nobody wants a story with ghosts in it anymore and he says well you might find things a little- i'm not doing a right accent at all he says like, <laughs> I like it though, well where I where I come from, we take our ghosts very seriously, mm. and then we so take goes, the past very seriously. Mm-hmm. We take the past very Wait. seriously. Why do you gather the ghosts, that? The ghosts are a metaphor. It's a metaphor. That's what <laughs> yeah, she told I know. I was the uh, the guy. Hello. It's a metaphor. <laughs> All right. So then he's he's giving a presentation to her dad and her dad's board of directors, and he starts talking about. Clay. Underneath his family home at Allerdale Hall, there is an enormous deposit of red clay. It is high in high in mineral content and full of iron, so it's really flexible and really strong stuff, and it's great for making bricks. Wow. And so, unfortunately, but basically, like half hour into the episode, we've not only not only said the movie title because uh, the true. the mother says the movie title. But we've also said the drink name. Mm-hmm. This is good. This is good. Oh, heck, we are half an hour in. So he's invented... The, the clay is really heavy, so it sinks into the earth, and it's hard to get it up. So so he uh, he's invented uh, this, like... That's what she said, 18th century. So uh, Tom Hiddleston, who's... I realize I have not said the name of his character. Uh, his character's oh. name is... His character's name is Thomas Sharp. And he is uh, Tom playing Tom. Yep. 
and he's created you a get to creative uh, a steam powered digging machine. It's it's steampunk as fuck, and he's got this little miniature of it uh-huh. that he brings to show everyone. And uh, Edith's dad's like, "Have you tested this before?" And he says, "Well, I have this uh, working prototype." And and the dad says, "But but do you have a full size one?" Well, no, not currently. So what you've brought me is a toy. Ah. And he says, yeah. uh, "Ah, he showed him." I'd be pissed about been, that. You've been around looking for funding to make this thing. You've been to London. You've been to Edinburgh. You've been to Milan, and now you're here. And he makes kind of a big point about how, like in America, we care about effort, not privilege, which. Might have been the case in 1901, but I doubt it. <laughs> but it feels very quaint and naive today, certainly. Sounds very uh, Daniel Plainview. A little bit. The, the way I'm doing the voice, yes. And he, he makes a point. You can tell that there's a little bit of class resentment. He doesn't much care for the aristocracy. Mm. And... So then uh, it's a couple of nights later and uh, Alan's family are going to throw a big party for Thomas and his sister who's in town with him. And we, we're at uh, the Cushing's house, Edith and her dad. And I just want to take a side note to point out that this house, I don't know where it is exactly, but it's somewhere in Toronto. I think it's near U of yeah? T. It, oh. I'm sure I've seen Ooh. it somewhere before. Most of this movie was really? shot. Listeners, Hamilton. listeners, if you know if you know where this house is, sound What's off it below. Like? It's one of those like big old school red stone houses that there's a lot of around U of T. Right, sure. Yeah. If you saw it when I saw okay. the movie in the theater, everyone upon seeing this house was just like, oh. And so No way. The, <laughs> Her dad is getting ready for this party, and Edith's not going to come at first. And she's she's telling her dad, like, oh, you should have been nicer to Thomas. Did you see he had he had a really nice suit, but it was also really old, and his shoes looked like they'd been patched many times. So it's very clear that Thomas does not have – he's got – Thomas Sharp has, like, a title and genteel no background. He's not got money. He's got what he's inherited, and that's it. And, and he's slowly losing it. Uh, it could be or... that way. He's he's trying to set up this clay Not good extraction with his money. company. Well, it's, I don't know how much of it is is money he lost and just like gradual decay. But he's trying to set up this, this company so they can start harvesting this clay, and and then they won't be the past anymore. They'll be the future. And Edith does not want to go to this party. It won't be ghosts anymore. Edith doesn't want to go to this party that they're throwing, but then Thomas shows up at their house and is like... um, Creepy. Oh, I missed a bit. I missed a bit. I missed a bit. Um, He shows up at her... Before he shows up at her house, her mom shows up again in the same hallway. Oh! Oh and god! Says, is this now? Are we to assume this is the first time since then, or is this like a regular thing? Is I she think, like, hey, hey, I girl. think it's the first time because she seems surprised to see her mother's uh. ghost again. <laughs> okay. And and what like, does she say? Uh, beware of Crimson Peak. 
And then she said Thomas it again. Sh- oh, I don't like the of Crimson Peak. And I hate it. Thomas shows up at the house and he he says that like I waited for your father to leave actually uh, because I want to talk to you alone and he charms her into coming to the party. It's a mix of his charm and the fact that she doesn't want to be alone if her mom might show up again as a ghost any second. True. And, mm. You know, that that's a pretty good incentive to get out of the house. I would uh, say so. At, so. So we go to this party and the first person we see there is his sister Lucille, who is Jessica Chastain. Okay. And oh she's, yeah, I know. I knew she was in this movie. Yeah, and she's like normally in most things you'll see her in. She's got like really vivid red hair, but in this movie, much like the naturally fair-haired Tom Hiddleston, she's her hair is all dark and severe. Ooh. Okay. And she's she's playing the Fun piano. Fact, to- she is the star of uh, Zero Dark Thirty, which is basically the height of my favorite genre of movie, which is post 9-11 war political thrillers. Good there Lord. There aren't many of those, but there's a few. <laughs> so, so. No, that's one where and she that's and Chris basically the height of him. That's okay. the height. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I never saw that one. Amazing. And Joel Edgerton. No, not yeah. Joel Edgerton's there, and uh, isn't Jason the Clark guys, in that? Guy. Yes, Jason Clark, Joel Edgerton, and Who her, was in and Lawless, Chris which also starred Jessica Chastain and Mia Wasikowska. Whoa. There we go. Come back around. We came back around. Yep. Um. <laughs> all right. So, so Lucille's playing the piano. Six degrees of Mia Chesikowska. Okay. Yeah, that's basically <laughs> her name. Uh, Lucille's playing piano, and just when Thomas and Edith show up. And they run into Alan, and she introduces Alan to Thomas, and Thomas introduces Lucille to her. And then he's he's the the hostess, who is Alan's mom, says like, "All right, we're hoping that that Mister Mister Sharp, Sir Thomas Sharp, will show us the the European style waltz." And Edith says, "Oh, I'm so sorry, I arrived late." And and the mom says like, "It's okay, everybody has their place, and I'll make sure." Whoa, what? Like in a creepy, whispery voice. (laughs) No, but just serious bitch move. And so Thomas lights a candle. She's like lower class. Yeah. Or or something. I don't know. Uh, Or at least lower social status. He lights a candle? He lights a candle and he says, the the secret to the European style waltz is to make every movement, movement so smooth that the candle is never doused. But to do this, you need a perfect partner. And then he leans in to Mia Vasikowska and says, would you be mine? <laughs> I was hoping it'd be like, can you move over while he reaches for <laughs> somebody else? I want to dance with Charlie Hunnam. And um, yeah. so, so then they, they start dancing and it's great and everyone loves them. And at one point he says to her, like, it's customary to close your eyes at this part. And she says, like, I don't want to close my eyes. And because so she's like already in love with him, sort of. It looks like maybe. maybe she's, she's, wick, eh? she's definitely a little fluttery around this man's. Is he the Crimson Peak? Like, is that a reference to penis? Is <laughs> or I don't know. Or does no. does he have a widow's peak haircut? Uh, no? He's got okay. kind of his hair. <laughs> no, just looks kind of wet. 
throughout the whole movie. It's like slick back <laughs> it's classic and it's black. Yeah, it, it's a lot like the Loki yeah. look. He just looks kind of damp. He looks like a handsome Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> <laughs> like a damp dude. Oh, God. <laughs> but like, nice. He is such a suave, good-looking dude, but you're right. When you watch like Avengers and stuff, he's pretty like creepy and damp. You're right, yeah. He is. <laughs> and, if, and if you contrast that with something like Kong Skull Island or um, that Henry V movie he's in, where he gets to be fair-haired, and then he's just like handsome and not weird and wet. <laughs> He's a moist actor, basically. Uh, he doesn't have I thought to. The dark do. hair looked good. Okay, <laughs> I, I don't think it looks as good on him. Yeah. Or at least the That's wet what I've hair only seen. So. The wet hair doesn't look good on him. The, the grease. The yeah, dirty I mean, he's still Tom He's still handsome AF, but. <laughs> and All then, right. so the whole time they're dancing, her dad has like this this uncomfortable look on his face. He's a little suspicious of these English people. So then he arranges to meet with a detective whose name is Mr. Holly. And he says to Holly, um, I want you to look into the the sharks and find out everything you can about these two. And who's the detective played by? Oh, uh, the actor's name is Byrne Gorman. He was um, he and Charlie Day were the wacky scientists in Pacific Rim. Um, and he was also the guy. Oh yeah, he's in Dark Knight Rises. He was the guy who was sentenced to death by exile by Killian Murphy. In like the only good scene oh, of that movie. Oh shit! <laughs> you can choose between death hey. or exile. I choose death. Okay, death by exile. Fuck you. <laughs> and they set him out on the ice. Um, you see, yeah, he's a detective, and he's gonna go <laughs> root around in the Sharps' history. So then, I guess it's the next day, or maybe the same day, and uh, Edith is hanging out with Alan in his office, and he shows her that his hobby is collecting photos of ghosts, which was a real thing around this time. Ghost photography. Obscene. Mostly mostly it was just optical illusions, historically. So it's like like light orbs and like camera malfunctions. Yeah, because like the camera would take a picture over a long time in those days, so you might get a little bit of an impression on the plate from like something an earlier picture it had taken. And he's showing her all these oh, pictures okay. that are like, it looks normal, but if you put this plate over it, there's a scary face in the corner. And he says Interesting. that uh, he's come up with this pseudoscientific explanation, which is that because like photographs work based on like silver and like other minerals in the plate. And he says he thinks that certain minerals in the atmosphere might be able to preserve the images in real life. And he thinks that's maybe what ghosts are. But you can't only like people with very high level kinds of perception can see them. And he says that um, he he says that if if a guy is colorblind, he's never seen the colors red or green in his life. But he's going to have to just take it from everyone else that they do exist. And the whole time he's saying this, Edith has this look on her face like, well, I saw a ghost. So I don't know what (laughs) that means. I've seen him. I have my own ghost friend. So she doesn't tell him or what? No, she doesn't uh, about her ghost mom. She hasn't told anybody, I guess. And and then Alan says... Oh, that would give her a one-way ticket to the insane asylum. It would. True. 1901. (laughs) So Alan says, and, and insane asylums were not a fun time. Like, they're still not, I'm sure, but they were... 
really not good then. <laughs> and so Alan, who we've established, is totally in love with her. And he says to her, like, I know you're you're fascinated by this Thomas Sharp mofo, but like be careful with this guy. I implore you to proceed with caution. Oh, and he's just the good. He he's just like the friend zone dude looking he's out totally for He's totally friend zoned. And maybe he's little, maybe. <laughs> so then uh the next thing is she goes for a walk in the park with uh Thomas and Lucille. And the park is, if you've been to Hamilton, Ontario at all, you'll probably recognize this park. There's a big gazebo behind them. And Thomas is talking about how, like, oh, your book's so good, man. I've been reading the chapters you sent me. They're so good. And then as they're walking, Lucille finds this cocoon in the grass. And um, it's a butterfly. Or it will be a butterfly. It's not yet. And... Edith says, like, oh, man, I love butterflies. And Lucille says, we don't have those where I live because uh, all, all the butterflies, even right now, they're, they're all dying over here because, because it's winter is, winter is coming and all the butterflies, they have to die. All the beautiful <laughs> things have to die because it's a savage world. And Edith says, okay, what, if you don't have butterflies where you live, like, what do you have instead? And she says, moths, and they eat butterflies. Because it's a oh. savage world. And she picks a butterfly and like... <laughs> she's really <laughs> plugging that line. Yeah, she's yeah. just like... I think she only says it once. I'm that plugging one. that line. <laughs> yeah. She's very it's much like an angsty, angsty 16-year-old. Oh, the world is so dark. Oh, boy. And she picks up a butterfly <laughs> and she just like puts it in the grass and we get this disturbing close-up of ants swarming all over the butterfly and they eat it. Okay. Ooh, I hate ants too. God. It would happen that fast. So. And then we ants see Lucille. Is that the gore? I don't know if I'm going to watch this Is movie. Is that the gore? <laughs> Is that's that not, the gore? That's not the worst of it. Okay. And then we that's see Lucille and Thomas. Wait, are step- the ants played by Doug Jones? No, they're Woody <laughs> Allen, actually. They're the Woody Allen ant. <laughs> oh, ooh, we can't watch this movie now. I'm going to. No, but you can't watch Bugs Life either because it has Kevin Spacey. Oh, it has uh, both of them? Yes. Yeah, no, never mind. Ants Sorry. Woody Woody Allen. Allen. Watch all of them. And you can. <laughs> oh, okay. Whatever. They didn't make the movies. The Exorcist <laughs> has an actual serial killer in it. You can still watch that movie. One, one, <laughs> one of the actually? Yeah, one of the extras is a serial killer. Yeah. So take that, Will. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> they just were terrible yep. people, too. So, and they didn't William kill anyone. Yeah, well. I don't know. Uh, so then <laughs> Lucille and Thomas step behind a tree, and Thomas says, like, are you sure about this? And Lucille says, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Do you need the ring? And he says, yes, yes, I'm going to need the ring. And she says, okay, but I need that ring back. And we don't know what they're talking about, but she takes Wait. this big red, okay. uh, big red ring off her finger, and she gives it to Thomas. And she says, we're not selling this ring. We're buying something with it. And then in the next scene, um, her dad meets with Holly, the detective, who says, I've got this whole manila envelope for you of here's all the weird shit I found. Ooh, on and the Sharpies. We don't, we don't know what's in there. But then we see that he's totally di- seducing his daughter so that he can get funding for his shit. 
that's what's going to happen because he wants Maybe. to be. So when they're having this a, is just a financial Ponzi scheme. Uh-huh. That's what this whole movie is. We're, we're, we're having a dinner party and <laughs> Thomas now has the ring that Lucille gave him. And um, yeah, yeah. Lu- the dad calls Thomas and Lucille into his study and he says, like, could I have a word with you both? And he shows them what's in the envelope. and We don't really see it. Mm. And he says, you know, at first okay. I thought you were just after my money. At first, I, 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 you've been mixing business with pleasure. You want me to invest in this thing, and you also are after my daughter. That's a bit weird. But, so I didn't like you from the start, and now I, I, I feel like I have a good reason not to like you. And Thomas says, oh. does she know? And the dad says, no, but she will if you don't tell her first. So you're, what you're going to do is I'm going to write you this check, and you're going to leave town tomorrow. And the other thing is tonight you're gonna break my daughter's heart. You're gonna you're gonna tell her to go fuck herself, and you're gonna Ooh. get out of her life. Okay. Which he does. Tonight at midnight. He does say at, the words at dinner. He announces to everyone that he's going back to England, and then uh, Edith like follows him out into the hallway and says, "Like, how can you leave? I thought we had something." And he says, "Like, your book sucks." And he starts crashing her book <laughs> and saying, like, I don't, you, you're trying to write about human emotions and stuff, but I don't think you really know any of that. I think you only know what other writers tell you. And she slaps him <laughs> in front of everyone. So like, you're a gothic E.L. James. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully better than that. And then we get another well, original time he zooms. Okay. So he, like, so her dad was like, you got to tell her or like, it's up to him to tell her whatever was in the envelope and he's not telling. So we still don't know. We'll never know. We'll we know later. We don't now. know yet. So then in the next okay. scene, uh, it's the next morning and dad is at his like social club and he's in this, the, he's in the bathroom there and he's, he's enjoying a shave and a servant is, oh, or no. a, someone's going to get him his, his breakfast. He's getting killed. He's getting killed. He's got a record playing, and yeah, um, you think he's yep. going to be killed with his own straight razor, but no. Uh, someone comes in and just fucking bashes his head against the sink, and the sink shatters, okay. and his skull just has this giant gaping hole in it, and he, he's no. blood goes down the drain like in Psycho, and he's fucking dead. He is so dead. They yeah. bashed his skull Ooh. in. Um, hey, yeah, dead boy. Get him out of the way so that he can take her daughter. Elsewhere, Edith receives in the mail her uh, the the pages of the manuscript that Thomas had sent her back that she had sent to him. He's sending them back, and he sends a letter saying, "I'm sorry, your 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 father uh-huh. didn't think that I uh, had should be with you because I'm poor." So he says, uh, your, your father thought that I was just after the money and because I'm poor that I shouldn't be hanging around you. And I promise that's not true. I'm not just after the money, but your dad bribed me to break your heart last night. And she's like, oh, he oh. still loves me. And she runs to the hotel and he's not he's checked out, but he's still there. But he's after he, that's even more money. He got he got he got money and he got bribed. To, like, it's all money. He just wants the money. <laughs> He's not telling her something. 
Uh, and and she runs into him <laughs> in the hallway, and then he sweet talks her and tells her again pretty much what the letter said. Your, your dad bribed me. I didn't want to. And then these detectives show up, and they're like, are you Edith Cushing? You got to come with me. And they want her to identify her father's dead body. And when she's about to, suddenly oh. Alan runs into the room, and he says, like, you don't I, I'm his doctor. I can identify the body. You don't need to make her look at that. And his lawyer says, no, I'm sorry. She has to look at He's it. He's an eye doctor. Yeah. <laughs> but he is his doctor. He's not a real doctor. <laughs> she has identified her father's corpse. Um, and then mm-hmm. at her dad's funeral, she is now wearing the red ring that, uh, that Thomas got from what? Lucille earlier. Ew. I hate this Um, guy. Red ring. This signals to us that she and Thomas have gotten married. Um, She moves into his old house in in Cumberland, England, called Allerdale Hall. Um, Poor choice. This place is a little bit strange because um, the road up there is made of red clay. And when you step on the floorboards, red clay seeps through. And there's a hole in the ceiling through which it's snowing. And the it's this like gorgeous old mansion, but it's falling apart. <laughs> and when she it's so weird. Through the ceiling, why are they living there? I don't understand. It's muddy as fuck on the floors. Because they are Sorry, tied clay to it. As it fuck. is their heritage, and it sucks. He says that it's a privilege we <laughs> were born fine. into, and one we can never relinquish. And he can't afford to fix it up. That's mm, part of right. why he's trying to get okay. this clay thing off the ground. And as she's as she's being as she's coming in, uh, she run. He's she. He introduces her to the gamekeeper, who's this old man named Billy. And he says, "Like, oh, this is my wife." And she and Billy says, "Oh, I know. You've been married quite a while, sir." And <laughs> and then she is that finds like a this hint dog. at something. What is that? What does that mean? Nah, that's a good question. <laughs> Uh, she finds a dog, <laughs> and Thomas doesn't know where this dog came from. It's a little papillon. And Wait, what kind of? I don't know what kind. I don't know dogs. What is that? Is that like? It's a what small that yappy dog, dog like? with big ears. Oh, Sick. the worst kind of dog. Okay. <laughs> and she finds one of these and does not know where it came from. Thomas has no clue. Um, and there are dead bugs in the windows. Big old dead bugs. And when she comes in, she thinks she sees the figure of a woman going into the elevator. And then the elevator kind of taking off on its own. But Thomas doesn't know who it could have been. If it was Lucille, that doesn't make sense because Lucille is downstairs with her. And... This is in their house? There's an elevator? Oh, is that a ghosty ghost? Maybe. Is that the past? Maybe. <laughs> all right. She asks Lucille, hey, can I have a copy of like all the house keys? And Lucille's like, no, that 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 won't be necessary. You don't need your own keys. There are some rooms that uh, that you don't have access to. Like you can't go down to the basement. It's not safe. Uh, but everything. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, yeah. but she just married this dude. Lucille is like, she has no claim anymore. Oh, yeah, and Lucille She's still lives like, with them, by the way. Edith's. Edith's the lady of the house now. Yuck. Mm-hmm. And Ooh, why does she live Lucille with them? makes her some tea. And 
then we see Lucille and Thomas making the tea. They're sitting at this table and they're like brewing tea really quickly. And Lucille says, how did that dog get in? Isn't it supposed to be dead? And Thomas says, I guess it survived somehow. All the while we've been in America, that dog's still been around. And Lucille says, well, you chose her. I hope you know what you're doing. So then we see Lucille's... Mm -hmm. What are they talking about? (laughs) Edith is taking a bath, and this ghost peeks into the bathroom. Peeks, like, right around the door. Oh, ghosts in bathrooms are the worst. Especially in the shower and the bath. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm I'm not done. This ghost is bright red. It's missing (laughs) several fingers, and its forehead is gone. It's just got this giant wound that's most of its face. The eyes and forehead are bashed in. No, it's, it's not her, her dad. dad. It's not her dad. It's missing a couple of fingers, and it looks like it's a lady ghost. Another foreheadless person? Another foreheadless person. Ooh, it's a person. lady ghost. It's their trademark. That's how they kill their people. I can picture it in my head because it's very... There's something about something having no fucking eyes that is mm-hmm. Guillermo del Toro's like motif. He likes <laughs> eyes not where they should be and sometimes where they shouldn't be. Like in <laughs> the, 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 pan, the pale man from Pan's Labyrinth, his eyes are in the palms of his hands. And that was fucked up. Um, that was fucked up. Some gross shit. So they make Edith. So Edith drinks the tea. So she sees this her. fucking. Wait a second. No, she doesn't she see it. She just saw this ghost. She doesn't see it. Oh, it's there, but she Ooh, misses it. That's interesting. So, so the thing just the peeks audience, at her. We, the audience, mm-hmm. see it, but she doesn't. Oh, that's Gross. always scary. And they tell her that, like, okay. she's going to hear the house is so, like, drafty that it sounds like it's breathing all the time as the air moves around in it. And that's uh-huh. weird. And <laughs> that's weird. And so she's lying in bed next to her husband, and he says, like, well, I'm going to take a bath, and if you fall asleep while I'm there, I won't blame you. And we pan out, and we see that Lucille is peeping through the keyhole at both of them, which is Ew. also weird. Ooh. So weird. What the Lucille. fuck? Edith wakes up the next morning. Uh, Thomas is asleep in bed next to her. I guess she fell asleep waiting for him to come back from the bath. And she goes downstairs and she finds Lucille's playing piano and she's she's uh, surrounded by all these little clockwork devices. And she says, like, oh, Thomas invented these things, actually. He made them as toys when we were kids. He's really good at this kind of thing. And on the picture, on, on the wall... Are they all gi- made of clay? No. No, they're like little oh. Victorian creepy clockwork toys. No. I just picture him... I just picture him running around being like... Why does no one want my clay? I <laughs> love clay. clay so much. <laughs> and on the wall, there's this gigantic, terrifying portrait that is of their mother, who is now dead. Mm. <laughs> and she looks really, Another really nuts. dead mother. She looks really nuts, and she's wearing the red ring in the portrait. Oh, fuck, no. Mm-mm. So the ring oh, is my God. Her. They're going to have her inhabit the- this chick. The yeah. ring is a horcrux, right? The ring has yeah. clearly been know. in their family for a little while. <laughs> and 
um, Lucille says like uh, she was she was kind of nuts actually, and we actually weren't allowed in most of the house when we were kids. We we were locked up in the attic, but we could hear her down here playing the piano. And I leave her portrait up there because I don't want her to miss a single thing that we do. I want her to see everything. Weird. And she shows Edith. It sounds like Lucille's the bad person in this movie. The bad guy. The bad woman. And she shows Edith a book. And the book has like these if you look at, at it sideways and you tilt the pages a certain way there's this like lewd Japanese woodcut of two people 69ing and she says like you see there's secrets everywhere look at all these dirty books but i bet that won't offend you because like you're a married woman you know what's up and edith says well actually while we were the whole time we were in america and on the boat uh across the ocean thomas was very respectful of my mourning period and we had separate cabins so i actually have no idea what's going on in this picture She's uh, like, I haven't seen his dick. Yeah, not yet. so it's, they have not fucked. <laughs> Meanwhile, hmm. back in Buffalo, okay. Alan is cleaning up dad's old stuff in his office, and he finds dad's checkbook, and he sees the check stubs from uh. the check he wrote to Thomas. And then he goes to the uh, <laughs> the sink where dad died, and he has a look at that, and he's like, I don't know. Supposedly he slipped and fell, but I don't know. Um, back in England, um, Edith has started to bond with that little dog. She's made friends with the dog, and she goes up to the nursery oh. in the attic. What's the dog's the- name? Uh, it doesn't have a name. Oh. So she goes up to the attic, moths everywhere, of course. Is it Crimson Peak? Sorry, sorry. No. Fuck, <laughs> well. No. Sorry. And she hears like the sound of a woman crying. <laughs> And there's an old wheelchair there, and she walks past the wheelchair, and just as she does, we see this, like, vague, shadowy figure appear in it for a second, and it's pointing somewhere. But she doesn't see where. And she gets up to, uh, to Thomas's workshop, where he does all of his steampunk inventions. <laughs> and Thomas is up there, and he says, Before like, it was steampunk. Yeah, it was, it's 1901, so <laughs> it's, you know, like, weird clockwork. <laughs> And Thomas <laughs> says that uh, they used to have a lot of money. Their dad wasted the whole family fortune. And um, Lucille played the piano. Uh, she she had this lullaby she'd sing to him when they were kids. And that's the music we heard at the very beginning of the movie, the scary child singing we learned. Mm. And then he and Edith start making out pretty intensely and he says like oh you're so different from from everybody and they start making out and then Lucille walks in with tea fucking cock blocking him fucking cock blocking what's she doing there bring in the tea you gotta have the tea Uh, Thomas doesn't have anyone but Edith so stressed out so then Edith wakes (laughs) up alone the next night where's Thomas I don't know uh, and she walks down the hallway and she hears these weird noises that she thinks is the dog locked inside of a, a, a closet. But she opened just as she's opening the closet, uh. the dog runs down the hallway. And then a scary ghost oh, face pokes out of the closet. Ooh. Uh, that she and doesn't see or that she, she does, does not see it. it. She does not. Oh, what? my God. But she oh is God. just 
Okay. She she does know the door is Fuck behaving this, really weird, and she see. I think she sees like one of its fingers, like around oh. curling around the edge Ooh. of the door. But inside the door, she finds. I guess she can't shit, see the ghosts because they're metaphors. So. Uh. I think you're ah, replying that line. The wall's not close enough. <laughs> Inside of the closet, she finds a bunch of old wax cylinders. And then suddenly she sees another ghost crawling along the floor toward her. And this one doesn't have legs, and it's just crawling. <laughs> and it chases her. Fuck, oh. you guys. No, I've got <laughs> windows at this place, man. I can't see what's outside. It's bright red <laughs> like the clay, and it's crawling toward her, and it chases her down to the basement. Ugh. She takes an elevator down to the basement, where no. she's not supposed to go, and there's these big wells that oh, are no. full of the red clay down there, and there's also a big steamer trunk no. that says ES on it, and uh, on the lock, mm. there's Eat the word sharp. Eno- on the lock is the word Enola. And then we see outside, uh, Thomas has made his machine full-size. It's digging up clay. Um, And he accidentally burns his hand with it. Uh, So Edith starts bandaging him. And he says, like, oh, my hands are getting rough now. Your father would have approved of this. And she says, has anyone died in this house? And he says, like, oh, yeah, it's an old house. I'm sure lots of people have died. And she says, no, but, like, in weird, violent ways. Is there any reason that there should be a ghost? Yeah. And he says, Ooh. Well, oh, is this the not. first time she's brought up ghosts? or It is. Or at least outside of, mm. of in her novel. And right. ghosts is a real thing. Ooh. And he says, you know, when it, when it snows here, um, the snow leaches into the clay and the whole hill turns bright red. And so all the, the villagers call the place Crimson Peak. Oh shit! The name of the movie. She is not happy to hear that (laughs) because her mom told her to not to go there. Meanwhile, back in Buffalo, right? Alan is meeting with her dad's lawyer, Mister Ferguson, who says that like she's she's asked for all the money to be transferred over to her and her new husband. So that's kind of what I got to do. And Alan says, I don't know, this whole thing feels weird to me. And Ferguson says, yeah, actually, um, I know that before her dad died, he was in touch with a detective named Holly. And I've heard about this Holly guy, and he's always digging up these horrible scandals. So so I'm, I'm a little concerned if he's involved. It, the whole thing just gives me pause. And Alan says, can, can you get me Holly's contact scandal? information? I'd love to talk to him. Meanwhile, back in England, uh, Edith has a dream where she's in the middle of a field, and there's a scary red ghost who's pointing somewhere. And she wakes up, and she's coughing They're always pointing somewhere. They're always pointing somewhere. And she wakes up, and she's coughing up blood. And she, this being this kind of movie, decides, I better go for a walk in the middle of the night through this old scary house. And she's looking and she's she starts saying like I'm sorry that that's that's like the last thought on my mind ever in any yeah. house, scary or not scary. I'm not going for a walk in a house in the middle of the night. Yeah, fuck just, that. You know, it's just it doesn't make sense. I'm gonna get either hurt by a ghost or hurt by the homeowner. I don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it is her house, but 
she she's oh that's and true she says like <laughs> ghosts if if you're here ghosts please give me a sign and the ghost like grabs her hand and throws her onto the floor and then she hears the sound of a woman screaming and a stabbing sound and then oh no she walks back into the bathroom where she took her bath and now there's a ghost in the tub and this ghost has a, a ghostly ghost. it's got a ghost butcher knife through its skull and this ghost is bright red and it looks up at her and, red, and she sees she sees Most this ghost this time she sees this one and the ghost says okay Edith, his blood will be on your hands and that scares okay. her. And then, blood? Oh, is her father's blood? Oh, I don't know. And then the next day, she's having tea with the Sharpsey and a lot of tea. And Thomas says, "Like, hey, I need to go to the post office to pick up some parts for my machine. Um, you want to come with me? Let's get out of the house for a bit." And yeah, fuck, get Edith the fuck says, out of that house. Like, Honestly, I want to get out of this house in general. And Lucille says, "But." But you have nowhere else to go. This house is your home now. And why is no. okay, why is Lucille so fucking creepy? They both she's are weird. I mean, he's not as no. he doesn't sound as creepy. She sounds a little. They're in it together. F in the A in that H. They're in it together. <laughs> I don't know about in the A. That's that's not appropriate. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to say F in the A. Say F in the sure. H. <laughs> <laughs> not that kind of movie. So uh, the other thing that's arrived at the post office, other than his machine parts, are the final papers from Mr. Ferguson, the lawyer, that she has to sign to do the final transfer of all her father's wealth over to her husband's estate. Uh, but when they arrive at the post no, office, don't do the, it. Uh, the postman says, "Like, oh, and there's another letter for you, uh, all the way from Milan, Italy." And Weird. why are they doing? And she she we looks haven't at it mentioned and, Milan before, have we? <laughs> no. Have we? She looks at it and no. she oh, sees wait. it's addressed to Lady E Sharp. So that's that's her, right? And right. then um, they get snowed in at the post office. And by the way, the post office no. is Black Creek Pioneer Village. Um, if you've ever been oh, up there, it? <laughs> that's where they filmed that. So uh, right. she and Thomas is like, okay, we'll have to like get a get a room at the inn here in town. Then we can't get back to the house tonight. So they they take this little Thank room at God. the inn, and he's flipping through her manuscript, and he says, "I like the main character of your book, this this Cavendish guy. He's he's got a darkness to him. I like him. Does he live?" And she says, "I don't know. I don't know yet. I haven't decided. Sometimes these characters really change, and they surprise me. And then they fuck." Mm. They finally fuck. Oh, for okay. the first time. Wow. How long have they been yeah. married it for now? like the first uh, A couple time. of nights. Well, no. since I, They oh. got married in America, so quite a while now. Um, and yeah, then, a whole okay. ship ride to England. <laughs> yeah. They had different cabins. So then back with Alan in America, he meets with Holly who gives him a copy of the uh, the same envelope that he gave the dad. And we this time we see a little bit what's inside it. There's a newspaper uh, that says something about a murder, but also there is a marriage certificate, or a marriage license, 
And Holly says that, uh, yeah, yeah, her dad was not happy to learn that Mr. Sharp is already married. To his sister. Ooh. It's Lucille's not his sister. It's his wife. I'm stressed. Continue. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, so but who is home. this Elon? Elon Musk, oh. right? No, 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 no. Okay. Okay. Oh, Enola. So, I thought it was Elon. Huh. <laughs> Enola. That's what I meant. Eno- Enola. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, they get so back to the house in found. the morning. Okay. In the morning, they get back to the house and Lucille freaks the fuck out. She's like, ah, you were you were alone out there, and and I was scared. I didn't know what had happened. I thought maybe you'd been in an accident and you were hurt. And I, I don't want to be alone. It's bad for me. Uh, I'll go make tea. So she makes mm. some tea again. And while she's <laughs> making this tea, tea, British people love their tea, Edith is like rifling through oh. Lucille's keys, and she sees one of them says Enola in the exact same font that the, the trunk downstairs says it. So she quietly pilfers that key, and um, and then she goes off and she reads the letter she got from Italy, but she can't read it because it's in Italian. But it is addressed to an right. Enola Sciati. She yep. goes down. Sciati, not Chiati. even sharp. Confused. She goes downstairs and she opens up the trunk with the key. And inside, she finds a gramophone player, a bunch of documents, and some old photographs. And the documents have three names on them. Uh, they are Enola Sciati from Milan, Italy, Margaret McDermott from Edinburgh, Scotland, and Pamela Upton from oh, London, England. no. And then she flashes, back to, she flashes back to something her dad said, you've been to Milan, Edinburgh, London, and now you're here. And also, oh, before she leaves shit. the basement, um, you know, I mentioned those big wells full of red clay. She kind of pokes around in one of those for a second, yeah. and she leaves just before a dead body floats up that is very clearly the one that <laughs> she didn't see when she was taking a bath with no forehead and a missing, its <gasps> fingers are missing. And now we get a better look at its hands, and we uh. see that it's missing its ring finger. Ooh, oh, the sister the wants her ring big back. Red oh my god! Uh, oh shit! But why? Okay, so so then um, Thomas uh, wants to show Edith his cool new machine that he's built because he's got the parts now. And Lucille is is uh, bothered by this. Like, why do you care with, about her seeing your machine? And he says, like, Can I don't you know, it's my wife. Me- Fuck. Can you loan me the, uh, the the key to the coal shed? I need to get more coal for my machine. And Lucille's looking through her keys, and she realizes the Enola key is gone. Yeah. And so she goes inside, and she finds Edith, who's sitting down in a chair. And no. Edith has, has very quickly hid everything she found underneath her gigantic billowy dress. Oh my god! <laughs> Just shoved it right up there. Lucille says, "I'm I'm I'm sorry. I freaked out earlier. I was I was scared." Um, I'm I'm gonna go make some tea, and I'll get those papers for you to sign. Staha. And while she's doing Thank that, you with the tea, Edith takes a moment to like put her her key back on the ring, so that Lucille Ooh. won't notice. Except that she does, because Lucille left her the key ring, left the key ring on the table 
as as a trap to see if Edith would. Mm-hmm. And now she knows that Edith is is on to her. So, oh no, Edith found uh, a gramophone in the trunk downstairs, and she goes and gets those wax cylinders that were in the closet, and she plays them while she's looking. What's through a gramophone? These... Gramophone, yes. <laughs> it's, a, it's like an what old fashioned. That? It's like an old fashioned record player, but yeah. older. Okay, Before so there were the records, wax... there were wax cylinders, which. And that plays music uh, or sound. Yeah. And she very helpfully, upon finding them, tells us the audience, ooh, old recording wax cylinders, because <laughs> we wouldn't know what those look like. No. Fair. And she's looking through I can the picture pictures. picture them, though. They look she's like through th- cylinders sorry. made of clay, right? Uh, it's it's <laughs> not clay, it's wax. I know, they but they look be- like it could be clay, right? I don't know. No, I think they're kind of green. <laughs> they're not red. Oh, Okay. And the uh, the re- the wax record cylinder has a recording of Pamela Upton, who is an English woman, who oh, says man. like, "Oh, I do love recording. Here I am with my darling husband Thomas making a recording. Thomas, say something." <laughs> no. And Thomas is—it's clearly the same Thomas, and he starts reciting a scary nursery rhyme. Why Ooh. the fuck would he do that? Ding he's dong, bell, kitties in the well. And she's looking through the photos, and she sees a picture of she sees pictures of Thomas with three different women she doesn't recognize, mm-hmm. and one of them is in that wheelchair we saw earlier in some of these pictures, and she sees one of these women has that same dog that she saw earlier, no. and there's another picture of one of these women who's holding a baby. Oh no! Mm. Oh, and not a baby. As the recording keeps going on, um, she hears Pamela continue to talk, and she says, like, I'm getting sick, and I'm starting to realize why. They did this to me. There's the poison tea. in the tea. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. That's... I would not, I, I didn't actually not predict that. <laughs> and then she passes Always out. Always with the fucking tea. She passes out and wakes up, and... She's in her bed, and Lucille's standing over and she says, here, have some tea. Oh, tea. So Lucille says, okay, have some tea, which she politely declines. And Lucille then, like, leans into her and says, like, you know, our dad was crazy. He broke our mom's leg once. <laughs> we could hear him. But but I, I'm, I took care of mom, and I, I rubbed ointment into her leg. And I fed her, and I, I washed her while she was bedridden. And I'll do the same for you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you get better. And Ooh. Edith is not reassured. And then Thomas comes in, and he says, "Like, hey, can I have a loan with my wife?" And he says to her, "We've got a wheelchair for you while you get better." Why? Oh, so she's sick. She's she's, she's Ill? not doing so great. And What's then he going says, on? He he takes the teacup and he says, "Don't drink this." Mm, okay. don't, don't drink Ooh. this so he knows but he's like he's like he's don't being, do he's it playing good cop bad cop going on here maybe he wants Ooh. some Stockholm syndrome he goes downstairs where Lucille's playing piano again she's playing that same creepy melody from the beginning and he says to her okay. you know she's dying and Elle says yeah of course she is we've been poisoning her and he says well she didn't oh, drink the tea and Lucio says, no, it's okay. I, I gave her some poison porridge. 
What the oh, fuck? Why do they do this? Fuck. It's pretty clear that Thomas is having second thoughts here. And Lucille says, like, what the yeah, fuck well, we can't. What else are we going to do? Like, if, if, if we stop, you'll get hanged and I'll go to jail forever. So we're kind of stuck together. And then they give each other a really intense look. Meanwhile, <laughs> like like a sexy look or just an intense look? Uh, ambiguous. <laughs> so many. Oh god. Meanwhile, who should show up at the post office in town but Alan who says, "Hey, can you give me yes. directions to Allerdale Hall?" It's like, have you seen The Shining, Alenka? Uh, I forget. Okay. Like I've <laughs> seen a, it, but I forget it. There's a similar subplot in, in The Shining of, of what Alan is doing this whole time. Very good. So he says, can mm. someone give me directions to Allerdale Hall? And the guy tells him how to get there and he says, all right, can anyone take me out there? And, and they say, like, no, we won't be able to, we, we won't be able to get, get a, a wagon out there till morning, probably. And it's a six hour walk. So Alan says, okay, as soon as you can, go out there by morning. I'm going to walk right now. I better get started because oh. the weather is terrible. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> what a psychopath. Uh, I'll walk six hours. I walk six hours all the time. Oh, it's, whatever, it's Will. Long, yeah, but like in what kind of weather, Will? Yeah. Uh, all, all weather, you know, <laughs> the snow, weather. the rain. Wouldn't it be a twist the, if, if the Alan hurricanes. was coming to kill her for friend zoning him? <laughs> if he was a murderer really himself. Funny. <laughs> really like, you can't funny. kill her i want to kill her i'm also evil um <laughs> either starts vomiting up blood uh she's in she's rolling around in the wheelchair vomiting up blood and then she sees a big red ghost appear right in the middle of the hall and <laughs> this ghost, ghost. Is, yep and this ghost is holding a little red ghost baby no oh no. god like what do they like no. describe kind of like fully what they look like are they, they like look, inside out people or they look no. i mean they're red they look like either they're covered in blood or like they're made of the clay they're oh kind of, clay they're ghosts. a little bit blurry like okay. they're, they're played by actors in costume but there's kind of a cgi blur over them to make them look a little unearthly and Ghosty. some of them seem to have like blood um as if as if they're like floating in water like the blood is kind of rippling around them Oh, weird. Okay. Yeah, it's a super cool effect. Ugh. Okay. And, Fuck. And then the ghost, I she says see to the this. ghost, I figured out who you are. I know who you are. Your name is Enola Shoddy, isn't it? What, what do you Shoddy. want? <laughs> Shoddy! And the ghost points. Shoddy. The ghost points, like they always do, toward a door. Yeah. And Edith goes through the door, and it leads into Lucille's Fuck. bedroom. Fuck, and, I hate ooh. this shit. Inside Lucille's bedroom, she finds Thomas and Lucille making out. She's got her hand down Ew. his pants. Oh. Yep. Ew. You did call it, Alenka. You're like, that's his wife, but it's not really his wife. It's it's still his sister, isn't it? Yes. Oh. She says, like, I knew it. You're not really his sister at all, are you? And she says, like, no, yeah, yeah, I, I am. And then she throws Edith <laughs> down the stairs. We is. So casually. No, no. I mean, we, yeah, we are. Not, not I quite am. the way I said it. Have a good flight, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Throws her down the stairs. And then Lucille wakes up. She wakes up a lot in this movie. A lot of scenes of her waking up. 
And, <laughs> and making she just doesn't die, you know? But this time, guess who's standing over her and uh, telling her she's going to be okay? It's Alan! Oh, no! no. I thought it was going to be Doug Jones. No. Stop. <laughs> I think Doug Jones was the ghost with the, the, the butcher knife through its head in the bathtub, but oh. I'm not sure. Uh. Um, and so when, when Alan is tending to her, the sharps are all like, oh, she fell down the stairs. We were so worried. Thank heaven. Thank heaven you're here. Wait, and, sorry. So Lucille mm-hmm. didn't fall. No, Edith fell. No, Edith fell Edith down the fell. stairs. And the Edith one. woke up. And Alan Not is like Lucille. tending to her wound. And okay. he says... Yeah, is her wound in her eyes? Come on now. <laughs> well, she fell down the stairs. <laughs> He's not just an ophthalmologist. He's also just an all-purpose doctor, which I guess they kind of had to be back then. Oh, I guess so. And he says to her, here, have some tea. And she's like, no, I can't. It's poison. And he whispers to her like, I know you're not safe here. We're getting out of here. Oh, my God. We're we're getting out of here as soon as we can. He's on the level. Okay. While that's happening, Lucille runs to the kitchen, gets in a big knife, and gives it to Thomas, and she no. says, Is it going to no. be you this time? I'm sick of this. I'm sick of doing it myself. You should do this. Why the fuck do they do this shit, though? And they come back out, and they confront Alan, and they're like, you can't take her out of here. And Alan says, oh, yes, I can, because she's not safe here. And he reveals some of the stuff he read in that newspaper clipping, which is Which that, is? Um... When Thomas was 12 and Lucille was 16, um, their mother was They chopped their mom's legs off. I mean, he doesn't... It was never... No one was ever arrested on this charge, but someone put a butcher knife through mom's head while she was taking a bath. And they were the only people in the house at the time. But they were never charged. The the only explanation was too horrible to contemplate. Yeah, it was totally Lucille. Oh, yeah. they're murderous little fucks. And he says, like, after that happened, Thomas went away to boarding school, didn't he? And Lucille went to a convent in Switzerland. But I don't think it was a convent. I think it was a different kind of institution. And also, you should know, Edith, Thomas has already been married three times. And he is like, yeah, I know. I, I, and I know about Enola <laughs> and Pamela and late. Margaret. I know that one. <laughs> So, so like, Alan, Alan's like, all right, so I'm taking her out of here now. And Lucille walks up and stabs him. She what stabs him. Fuck? She stabs him in his fucking armpit. Ew. Oh, oh, oh ow. He's stumbling ah. around in the door. And then she gives the knife to Thomas and says, like, okay, finish him off. And then she walks off and we hear the dog start to whimper and then a cracking sound. And the dog is no. quiet. Oh, you can't. No, you yeah. can't kill the dog. That makes them. I'm like. So what's with this Lucille bitch? She really I'm, like. What's likes, her deal? She likes having sex with her brother and doing incests and the murdering. Don't forget and, about the murdering. Yeah, I'm yeah, more like. Yeah, she also uh, likes why murder. Is she, so why does she? He go out to find a wife just to bring home so that she Money. can kill them. Money. Oh. So money for the clay 
And then murder for the fun? Is that what it is? Because they got to get rid of these women somehow. He can't stay married to someone (laughs) who isn't his sister. That'd be weird. But like, (laughs) he already got the money from her dad before before they got married. The bribe wasn't enough to cover it. It was just like a little enough to get him to go away. Oh. Oh, because now she gets all, she's like inherited all his. Oh, okay. Oh my God. And so Edith's like, your monster is both of you. And Lucille says like, funny, that's, that's exactly what mother said before we killed her. When they were six and 12, uh, 12 and 16. Why'd they kill their mom? Cause I mean, she um, called them monsters because she found out about them. About they were doing it then. Yeah. Oh my god! When he was like twelve, and she was they were just like they were just like kissing. That's oh, I, th- I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so this is and just so a t- movie about incest. Well, there is some incest it's a love it's, story. It's not an incest story. It's a story with incest in it. Okay. Incest okay. is a metaphor for the past. <laughs> yes. It's not. Everything. No, everything's a metaphor for incest, right? That's what it is. <laughs> oh, okay, Freud. No, Freud thought incest was a metaphor for something else. <laughs> okay. So, um, Thomas is pointing the big knife at Alan, and he says, like, he whispers to him, okay, if I don't stab you, she's going to stab you, but you're a doctor, so, like, show me where to stab you. Huh. And oh, so so uh, Alan guides his hand to like somewhere down his thigh, and he stabs him, and then he carries him down to the basement, and he says like, "Okay, this basement, um, there's, there's a mine shaft that leads up to the surface, so you can get out that way. I don't want to kill you, but there's some legal papers upstairs that Lucille's going to make Edith sign, and once Edith signs them, she's dead because once she signs them, we legally have her money." Yep. Uh, back upstairs, Lucille grabs Edith's manuscript and throws it in the fire and says, like, this is bad writing. You're a sentimental. <laughs> this is bad. Just this bad. This is just bad. Okay. You think that's how, like, real, that's how real publishers do it? They're just like, I'm throwing it in the fire. It's sentimental. Like Write it. me something new. <laughs> oh, like Give me a new one. And here's where she finally explains kind of that, that she and Thomas, she thinks, always have to be together. And but but Edith made things weird because because Thomas had sex with her, and he never had sex with any of the other women he was married to. And mm. no one missed these women because they didn't have any family. They were it was it was basically a mercy killing. And Edith says, Well, what about the baby? Enola had a baby. And right. Lucille says, No, 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 no. I had the baby. That was my what? baby. Oh. But it had health problems because it was so inbred. Oh, and Enola, was, Enola was trying to take care of the baby and make it better, but she couldn't. And so the baby died and so did Enola. And hey. Lucille like cuts off a lock of Edith's hair and she braids it and puts it into a little like cupboard next to hair braids from presumably all of her previous victims. Oh, this that's like Dexter shit right there. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, she says, like, we killed mom when she found out about us. 
and we've always got to be together. And Edith says, I, I don't think Thomas is as happy as you think he is. I think you're suffocating him. And that makes mm. Lucille freak the fuck out. And she's like, sign your goddamn name on this paper. And, and then I'll kill you like I killed your dad. And we get a flashback uh-huh. and we see that it, it was Lucille who wait, bashed wait, wait. dad's head in. Your dad. Oh. Yeah. Wait. So he was such a dude. She, so, she wants her to sign this paper. Can't they just like, forge it? Sh- yeah. I'm like, they know. kill people. They're murdering people. But they're like, we have to have the real legal signature on this fucking <laughs> yeah. piece of paper. Yeah, they got to inherit it. <laughs> they got to so inherit it. But they could just, they fucking sign something like, there, that's her signature. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Apparently they had pretty good. <laughs> Not the, bra- talk- you know, they're just a couple of kids that just think doing it is just so grand that they need yeah. to kill their everyone because they yeah. just don't think they could possibly do it with another person. Well, because Edith said at the beginning, like, my handwriting is so feminine, it gives me away. So, oh, sure. so it's very important. Detail. And she, so she does sign her name here uh, with the pen her dad gave her, in fact. But then she oh, unscrews God. it and stabs Lucille in the knew neck. I knew it. I knew it. Yes. Knew it. Pen with the pen her his... dad gave her. We had, we had yep. a pen stabbing last movie, didn't we? I don't remember. Oh, what did you watch last movie, Red Eye? Silence of the Lambs. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That movie's great. <laughs> Is there a pen stabbing? No, no. He uses the cap of the pen to take his handcuffs off. Right. Yeah. Anyway. There's a pen, though. There's a pen. <laughs> And so she runs out while okay. Lucille is is Lucille's bleeding all over the place. And yeah. in the elevator, she runs into Thomas and she says, like, you lied to me. And he's like, yes, I did. And she says, you poisoned me. And he says, yes, I did. And she says, you told oh, me God. you loved me. And he said, I do love you. I didn't love the other ones, but I love you. And I'm going to try to make Good this right. Lord. And so he lets you her go. You fucking killed people, man. Oh yeah, he did. And he says, but but I didn't kill Alan. He's he's alive and he's down in the basement. And I it wasn't the plan. We were gonna kill you. I wasn't supposed to fall in love with you, but I did. And I'm gonna go get those papers back. And he runs into Lucille's room and he Aww. grabs the legal papers and he throws them in the fire. Wow. And then he says to Lucille, like, we can't keep doing this. I can't kill her, I love her. And Lucille says, But you're not supposed to fall in love with anyone. You're only supposed to love me. And he says, yeah, but but I did. And and we don't need to kill her. We can all be together. Which is a terrible plan, by the way. Edith would never oh, agree to no. that. Yeah, that's, no. that's not how you seduce Edith. And Lucille doesn't agree to it either. And she stabs him in the face. Oh, Ooh. man. Come on. And Thomas is dead. Like, eye, forehead, cheek. cheek. Ooh, ow. And then we see like that his eyes get like all bloody hurts. and he drops to the ground dead. What the fuck, man? And then Lucille and Edith kind of chase each other around the house for a little bit through the elevators. <laughs> she's she's chasing Catch me. Lucille's chasing Edith in the elevator. Edith's in the elevator trying to get away from Lucille, who's chasing her down the stairs. And she gets down to the basement where she finds Alan, who is alive, and they they hide behind oh. a, a clay, one of the big wells. And Lucille says, "Like I know you're down here somewhere." And I know there's another thing down here that you don't know about, and that is the original murder weapon. And she picks up one of the cobblestones of the floor, and underneath it is the butcher knife. And she's like, I got my first kill with this. I love it so much, this knife. I killed mom. 
So then <laughs> I killed her. All right. This is sentimental, this knife. Yeah. So Lucille's got this big kitchen knife that she grabbed on the way down, and they get into a knife fight and they go up the mine shaft. Fuck, no. Out Ooh. into the snow. And they're fighting nope. around Thomas's big clockwork machine. And Lucille Ooh. loses her knife, but she grabs a big shovel. And Lucille, oh, sorry, Edith grabs the shovel. Lucille's still got the butcher knife. And she keeps saying, like, I won't stop till you kill me or I kill you. And then uh, Edith says, she looks up and she says, help me, please. And Lucille says, there's no one to help you. And Edith says, yes, there is. Look. And standing right behind oh, no. Lucille is the ghost of Thomas. What? He, what? he is not bright red. He's... He's white and pallid and just leaking blood out of his face where she stabbed what the him. Fuck? Weird. And then okay. he's a memory. Well, he's 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 a proper ghost now. Oh. <laughs> well, no, he's dead. No, he's just genuinely a ghost. <laughs> and then Edith hits Lucille, Lucille in the face with a shovel. And Lucille is down on the ground and she's like, I won't stop until you kill me or I kill you. And then Edith says, like, yeah, I heard you the first time. And she smacks her with the <laughs> shovel one last time and she's dead. That's so oh. silly. Woo. It's, it's like a Bond one-liner. It's like, I heard you the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Guess you'll um, die another day. <laughs> so then she goes or up like to Thomas's Victorian door. Victorian piano. Oh, yeah. And you remember it was established earlier. Uh, Alan said, like, most people can't see ghosts. Thomas's right. ghost, yes, Lucille yes. could see. Lucille could see Thomas's yeah. ghost. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so Lucille could see all the other shit, too. Maybe. Most likely. Or maybe Probably. she could only see this ghost because it's the only one she regretted killing. Ah, mm. uh, yeah. Okay. And Fair. Edith kind of says goodbye to Thomas's ghost. ghost, and he fades away and goes off to the afterlife. As you and do. then this is where the movie started. She's in the snow, and she's covered in blood. And she goes back uh, inside, and she gets Alan, who is doing okay, all things considered. And <laughs> they, they go down the road back to town, and on the way, they see all the party from the post office that, that Alan said should head out the next time it's available. And then we go back inside the house where we we hear Edith's ghost reading this monologue. And if it's okay with you, I think I'd like to open the episode with this monologue. And she says, ghosts are real. This much I know. There are things that tie them to a place very much like they do us. Some remain tethered to a patch of land, a time and date, the spilling of blood. A terrible crime. But there are others. Others that hold on to an emotion, a drive, loss, revenge, or love. Those, they never go away. And as we move through the house, we see the ghost of Lucille playing the piano. No. The end. And then as the credits roll, we see, you remember at the beginning, we saw a book open that said Crimson Peak? Now we see the book close, and it says Crimson Peak by Edith Cushing. No way. She wrote it. She wrote the book. She wrote the book. Or was it real? I think she turned it into a book and went back to her maiden name. 
Oh I yeah, you were as say, she would. and then as the credits roll, it's just a bunch of bloopers of Doug Jones <laughs> in ghost costume. Walking into things. <laughs> yeah. I can't see in this thing. Oopsie. Where's my guide? I wish I had eyes on my hands. Yeah. True. Like, like, other pale man costume, he had to see out of that thing's nostrils, so he, he couldn't see ninety percent right. of the time, right? Good lord. <laughs> I'm just going to yeah. give it the three, I guess it's the three out of three red ghosts, one out of two black ghosts, ghosts. And, and one, one, one white ghost. But I would say it's three red ghosts and maybe one gray ghost because we're mixing the the, the black and the white. That's great. So that's, that's a great my... interpretation of all the ghosts. Okay. Yeah. That is not mm-hmm. a complicated system at all. It makes well, sense. <laughs> I think I get, I, I don't know. know. I think I give this five incests out of five, you know? You just, I forgot about the incest. Just get that brother sister loving going on. No, what's yeah, wrong with you? It's fucked up. Danny, uh, thank you for fucking traumatizing us. Thank you for, uh, for hosting me. This has been really fun, and I love this movie, so I love talking about it. (laughs) Where can our listeners find you if they want to hear more of you? Yeah. So on Twitter, you can find me at Mutant Museum, all one word. Nice. On YouTube, um, Mutant Museum, which I want to double check. Is that all one word or two words? It is, I believe so. It's two words on my YouTube, yes. And I'm currently, uh, the main thing I do on my YouTube channel is I do dramatic readings of bad fan fiction. I'm currently about halfway <laughs> through Trapped in an Island with Josh Hutcherson. Uh, <laughs> as of this recording, That's anyway. So I listened to a bit of it. It's quite, it's quite hilarious. Thank so you. Fun. I love it. And on Instagram, you can find me at Danny Can't Draw Well, all one word, where I post drawings I do that aren't very good. And cat pictures. Well, uh, if you want to follow us on social media, uh, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Haven't Seen a Podcast, on Twitter at Haven't underscore Seen underscore It. And you can go to our website, www.haven'tseenapodcast.com. You'll find all our episodes, pictures of our guests, and the giant list of movies Alenka hasn't seen. Oh, there's. Are those all guaranteed to be upcoming episodes or? Pretty much. Pretty, I would we're hope just going to so, go yeah. through that whole list and we're, just we're find always the right adding person. to it. Yeah. I'll right, <laughs> find that person that's just like loves their movie. Um, okay, you guys, just um, thank you. Find, like, don't have regrets in life. Just like do what you want, but don't fuck your siblings. But also keep <laughs> watching and listening to the podcast and just like get into your bed and sleep nicely, please. Okay, Without bye. your sibling in the bed. <laughs> Go to bed. No siblings with you. That's it. Good night. This was a brain freeze podcast. <laughs>